Sup, y'all, and welcome to the Jack Vita Show. Really fun episode, part two of Jack and Jordan's NFL preview. Are you ready to get into this today, Jordan? Let's go, Jack. We have a fun pair of divisions today in two specific divisions that you're very intrigued by. Yes, yes. These two divisions are the most important ones to my life. Uh, <laughs> might be a little dramatic statement, but they uh, carry the most weight because... One is where my team plays in, and I will not refer to them as we at any point in this podcast. They are the Pittsburgh Steelers. And oh, you're one of those. You're one of those guys. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's. I think you should be objective. No offense to Chase, who did a marvelous job, uh, but he's not a journalist. I I consider myself a journalist to some degree, so I try to be as unbiased as possible. And by the way, Jordan. If I am tooting the horns of the Pittsburgh Steelers today and people are sitting in their cars and they're like, oh, yeah, this guy's really biased, I just want to point back to everything I've said about the Cubs this year. That is, the Cubs are basically your point of non-bias. If you're trying to prove, if you're trying to prove to your listeners that you are not biased, have them listen to you talk about the Cubs. Have them watch you tweet about the Cubs. Uh, I do not think they can claim that you are biased towards them one bit. <laughs> yeah, I I think I'm pretty objective. So today's going to be a lot of fun, and then the other one is you and I both live in the Midwest, so. Uh, I think the NFC North is a little more of a Midwest division than the AFC is. It is a Midwest division, but it's also a combination between Midwest and East Coast. Yeah, and I think with that too, with the NFC North, we can we get kind of a a vibe almost of you know how the fans are feeling towards their teams in the NFC North heading in. So it's a, it's a nice little dynamic that we don't necessarily see about all the other divisions. Um, but really, really looking forward to this division this year and uh, looking forward to get into it here. Well, before we bring in our guest, Jordan, uh, what you, how do you think our last one went? Pretty good? Yeah, I thought yesterday's was fantastic. That dropped, what, uh, a Monday morning? Yes. And, uh, yeah, I thought it was a ton of fun, um, and I'm really looking forward. Well, we have three more of these. There yeah. are two more after this one. So, yeah, it's a, it's a nice way to kind of, get into the football season and along with that provide good information on each team instead of more so just skipping over some teams and talking about the ones that could be the elite ones. Yeah, absolutely. So if you missed the last one, go back and listen. We did AFC East and NFC East with special guest Chase Beebe, a member of Bill's Mafia. It was a lot of fun. (laughs) Now I'd like to introduce everyone to our guest for the day. He co-hosted the Backyard Baseball episode with me last summer where we looked back at maybe the greatest PC game of all time. Uh, (laughs) CJ Rivas, how are you doing? I'm great. You know, you got me on uh, Backyard Baseball. The two subjects I'm an expert on, Backyard Baseball and the Cincinnati Bengals. Yes. That's all I got to me. (laughs) (laughs) Two-dimensional. To be fair, that's a great pair. That is a fantastic pair. (laughs) That's a very debatable assertion, but we'll continue on. (laughs) (laughs) Well, CJ, we got you here for the AFC North and the NFC North. And I know a lot of people have not met a Bengals fan before. Uh, I think you're pretty realistic as a fan. I like to think so. Um, Yeah, I don't go too low on Andy Dalton. He's the one that everybody likes to hate on. I'm not too high on him. I'm not too low on him. I think he gets a lot of hate he doesn't deserve. But we'll get into that, I'm sure. But yeah. uh, 
yeah, I like to think I'm a pretty level-headed Bengals fan. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> let's let's start with the Bengals here in the AFC North. We'll do uh, AFC North, then we'll go over the NFC North a little later. CJ, what's your outlook on the Bengals this year? Uh, it's not positive. My outlook <laughs> is not positive. Uh, I don't think that they're as bad as some people think they are. Like betting markets have put them uh, as like the lowest on the totem pole. You know, they have the same odds as the Dolphins. I don't think that's. I don't think they're that bad. I don't think that's right. They did go. They started off the season four and one last year, and then we're completely decimated by injuries. So you got to keep things in perspective. But at the same time, they they have glaring holes uh, on the team that they they didn't sufficiently address or when they did try to address them, for example, the offensive line, which was a major downfall to their team last year. Uh, they tried to up, upgrade it by getting Jonah Williams from Alabama in the first round. And he looked like a solid guy and uh, he's going to be out for the year. Uh, so, and then, you know, you get into camp and three offensive linemen have retired from the Bengals after camp started. And so sounds like I, I the don't Bills think last the, year. Yeah, I don't think that's a good sign. If they were just <laughs> retiring in the off season, I would understand it. Uh, but they're coming into camp, testing the waters, and then deciding to leave. And I don't think players uh, that think their team's going to be very good just retire randomly in the middle of camp. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, my outlook isn't very high. <laughs> yeah, with the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, I would say they're the clear number four team in this division. Uh, like CJ said, I'm not the biggest Andy Dalton hater either. Um, I don't think he's a great quarterback by any means, but I don't think he's one of the worst in the league either. He's just a very you know mediocre starter. Um, I really like their playmaker in the backfield, Joe Mixon. He's an up-and-coming running back, had a really nice season last season and in terms of fantasy, <laughs> which I'll always toss some fantasy stuff in, he's one of the you know top tennis running backs that are being taken um so he's he's a nice little playmaker the big issue i have with the Bengals: one aj green is dealing with another kind of serious issue uh, injury issue he's definitely going to miss the first couple weeks of the season and he's really been decimated by injuries the past couple seasons um so hopefully once he's back he's back for the year um but hopefully it's not something that you know lingers the rest of the season um, and when you're missing a big time playmaker like that, that, that can really affect an offense and really affect a quarterback too. I like the kind of breakout year that Tyler Boyd had a year ago. Um, but again, with the AJ green injury, Boyd's going to see a lot of number one corners to open up the year. So it's going to be a little bit of a different look for him. I know he had a couple, uh, weeks a, a year ago as well when AJ green went down and I don't know how his numbers correlated. CJ, maybe you can talk about this, how his numbers correlated once A.J. Green went down. Um, but I do know he uh, he had a, a bit of a breakout season, so he's one I'm looking forward to looking at on this offense. Um, but in terms of in this division, Jack, I'm not huge on the Bengals. Um, I think they're the clear number four team. They were 6-10 and 10 a year ago. Um, and, you know, I kind of like them right around that range this year again. Yeah, I think that's about right. I, I think that's hard to disagree with uh tyler boyd yeah so I'll, I'll talk about how he did when aj green went down his numbers did take a dip uh which is to be expected the Bengals didn't really have a number three receiver john ross uh he showed flashes last year which was nice to see especially in the red zone i think he had like seven or eight touchdowns 
touchdowns on the year, even though he only had under 20 receptions probably. But um, yeah, I, I think Tyler Boyd is, he's a, he's a good receiver right now. And Andy Dalton is lucky to have him. And Andy Dalton's not a bad quarterback. If you can surround him with some decent pieces, the problem is the offensive line is terrible. It's not even like <laughs> bad. It is awful. So I, there's just, it's hard to get around how bad that offensive line is. And then on defense, uh, the linebacker position is still a huge hole for them. They were one of the worst th- defenses in the league last year. And as a Bengals fan, you know, it's a, it's a season of change because we finally got rid of uh, Marvin Lewis and brought in Zach Taylor. It's kind of funny. We took this long to get into the coaching change, but yeah, I mean, this is, this is still Marvin's roster. Marvin had a lot of say in the front office on who to draft and who to pick up. And, you know, Zach Taylor's first pick is out for the year. So this is still Marvin's roster. Um, but going back to the defense, they had real trouble filling in that defensive coordinator spot. They kept bringing guys in for interviews. Uh, then it, it, the guys who had interviewed didn't want to do it or they had different views than Zach Taylor had of the defense, which, again, like you don't want to read too much into this. But when everything seems to be going wrong and people don't want to be a part of the organization, you know, that's a it's a red flag. Wow. I don't have a whole lot more to add than what you guys uh, hashed out there. The overall under total. uh, Do you guys want to guess, CJ, do you have a guess as to what their uh, over under is? I think five and a half. I think that is correct. Yeah. Yeah, five that five to six win range. Hey, the season will come down to oddly enough, season will come down to week four at Pittsburgh Monday Night Football, right? Yeah. If Zach Taylor can somehow win that game, I think he gets a lot of buy-in because he's able to do something Marvin Lewis was rarely able to do. Two things that Marvin Lewis was rarely able to do: one, beat the Pittsburgh Steelers <laughs> on the road, and then two, a primetime game. So. If Zach Taylor can win that game in week four, I think it sets the tone for the year. And if a young head coach starts off with a decent first four weeks, I think you get a lot of buy-in and can use it as a building block. But I don't see it happening. But that's uh, that's the game to look out for for the season for sure. It's a great point. And I think five, five or six, that's right where I have him as well, Jack. I think that's a great assessment. I think Vegas is pretty much spot on with the five yeah. and a half. Would you guys go over or under? Uh, I'd go. I'd go under. Yeah, I think five. I think five and eleven. Yep, I'm with you guys on that. So yep. I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to you, CJ. Uh, yeah. As a fan of a team in this division, which team do you see as the biggest threat to the Bengals to win the division? The biggest threat to the Bengals. Oh, let's see. Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Cleveland. Um, <laughs> the biggest threat to the Bengals is is Cleveland is the Cleveland Browns. That was, even in our darkest years, that was the team that we could feel better about when we played them. Uh, and, and that really turned around last year, and it doesn't look like it's getting any better this year. So it's an in-state rival, bottom feeder of the division traditionally, and all of a sudden, they're looking like, you know, budding almost Super Bowl contenders. Um, but they're, they're a threat to the fan base, which, by the 
play, the fan base for the Bengals did not show up to games last year. It was one of the <laughs> worst attended games, and I don't blame them. I wouldn't either. I stopped watching them after it just got I got sick of it. But anyway, that's one of the reasons Marvin Lewis got fired. Fans kept going. He'd still be there. Um, but <laughs> yeah, Cleveland is the threat because it's an in-state rival. They're no longer the bottom feeders. And now the Bengals don't have anybody to pick on in their division or two easy wins to come by. Now it's uh, it's it's taken a turn. By that same token, would they be your pick to win the division? Uh, no. I would not say that they're my pick to win the division. Uh, so I want to make sure that I made that distinction between yes. the biggest threat to the Bengals versus favorite in the division. Yes. Um, yeah, the, the, the Steelers have always been a threat to the Bengals, and that's nothing new. But now that the Browns are there, you know, the Hugh Jackson curse, uh, which was another fiasco from last year. <laughs> uh, I mean, just an, uh, just an embarrassing year to be a Bengals fan. And so, yeah, Cleveland is... I'm terrified of them. <laughs> Let's talk about the Browns. Jordan, uh, why don't you get us going here on the Browns? What What are you looking at for them this year? Lots of big moves in the offseason. Yeah, a ton of major moves, Jack. And I think heading into this NFL season, they may be the most hyped up team, really, of any team in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Baker Mayfield is coming back for his second year. They make the big move to trade for Odell Beckham Jr., which had everybody kind of shocked. But in terms of the Browns fans, I think it got them more hype than maybe they've been in, oh gosh, years and years and years. Yeah. Um, and I think it was kind of the type of move that you make to really honestly bring in that hype. The team was already hyped up following Baker's solid rookie season. Uh, they, I think they, Baker won six games um, after he ended up taking over the job. And then you make that OBJ move and you're like, okay, all of a sudden we have a really good young quarterback. We mesh him with a top three to five receiver in the game. And, you know, they have a ton of young talent across the board. You look at the in the backfield, Nick Chubb is a really, really good up-and-coming running back quietly. And I'm not sure how you guys feel about this. They did add Kareem Hunt, so he'll be back in week 10 after he serves his suspension. So that's a heck of a one-two punch in the backfield. Yeah. No uh, pun intended. Uh, <laughs> sorry. You didn't make uh, a kicking joke, so I'd yeah, say that kick, was a step yeah, up. Yeah, that's fair. Um, <laughs> and then um, <laughs> along with that, you know, this this is a defense, too, that I think people expect to be pretty, pretty good. Uh, Denzel Ward is a heck of a corner. Uh, Miles Garrett is a heck of a guy on the edge. Then they, I believe they made the deal or signed Olivier Vernon, who is another end. So in terms of a defensive line, they have a really nice one-two punch with those two guys and a nice back seven as well. So really, honestly, there is a lot to like about this team heading in, Jack. Um, the one question mark is Baker was great his rookie year. You know, how does he go from year one to year two? We're asking that question about a lot of guys this year. Um, and in terms of teams with a chance to potentially make a really big splash and make the postseason, Baker Mayfield may be the most important of those guys that we're going to talk about making a splash from year one to year two. You say that Baker was great. Um, I think he was good. I don't know if I'd say great. I think Mahomes was great last year, and I guess that's uh, technicality of how you use the word and everything. Um, but he showed a lot of bright spots. I He was so polarizing coming in the league. He was like, it was 50-50. You either thought he was... The next Manziel, or you thought he was a Super Bowl winning quarterback, and or at least a franchise quarterback, I should say. Now it seems like 70% of the opinions I hear are 
more in the franchise quarterback category. And there's it's the minority is the ones who don't think he is. And I wouldn't put myself on either side yet. I just want to see more. As you mentioned, I want to see more from this guy and the questions. I do have questions about his leadership and his maturity because we saw some of that. And my big concern I have for them is just how is he going to get along with OBJ? Is there going to be some drama between these guys? Is this going to be like, you know, T.O. and uh, insert quarterback here, Donovan McNabb? I don't know. Um, I can just see some drama there. What do you think, CJ? Yeah, I I agree with both of your points, really. I, but the thing with them is I kept saying how the Bengals had all the signs pointing the wrong way. The Browns have all the signs pointing the right way. Yeah. I mean, Baker Mayfield was able to get Njoku going. Uh, when he became uh, the starting quarterback and Njoku wasn't really able to get going with the other quarterbacks. And so, you know, just those kind of signs of guys buying in. And then Baker Mayfield looks like he's completely bought in to to Kitchens as a coach, which, you know, if you can get the team behind the new head coach, that's a, a huge step. And another thing to remember is even in their really bad years, their defense was never really that bad. Their defense always had good parts. They could come up with good games. It's always hard to kind of judge them based on end-of-year production because they weren't playing for anything. But if you look at some some games here and there, they really were able to put it together. So their defense had pieces. Um, but, yeah, I think that the big question with them is it's, real, it's easier to be the up-and-coming team uh, that's hunting everybody. It's now different to be the team that every that everybody circles on their calendar. I think everybody yeah. sees the Browns hype. They see Baker. He's a loud personality. OBJ, another loud personality, even Landry. I mean, you, you have these guys and the hype surrounding them. And I think that other teams see that and they circle them on the calendar and say, that's a game that we got to shut them up. And I, I agree with you, Jack. It, it's, it's different. Do I think Baker won't rise to the challenge? No, I, I don't think that. I think that he could rise to the challenge, but, you know, it's a big step, and you need to see it from him first. Yeah. They remind me a little bit of the Philadelphia 76ers from a few years ago, everyone using trust the process, and then <laughs> I don't know if the Sixers are still everyone's favorite bandwagon team, but when they first started winning, everyone seemed to get behind them, and that seems like the Browns bandwagon is really filling up right now. That's definitely a fair assessment. And I think with my biggest question with them, Jack, is it might be Freddie Kitchens, to be quite honest with you. He's a rookie head coach. Um, he ended up getting this job. He didn't, Remember, he was not named the interim coach last year when they ended up moving on from Hugh Jackson. It was Greg Williams, and then Kitchens was the offensive coordinator. And then, you know, Kitchens did a great job with Baker after, uh, after Hugh Jackson was fired and then ends up getting this job. Um, he's a rookie head coach, and that, there is a lot, a lot of eyes and a lot of hype around this team. It'll be interesting to see how that coaching staff does as well. Um, you know, as, as CJ put it, with kind of the target on their back that they're going to have this season. Another thing to look out for them is uh, just doing a quick Google search. They're struggling at the kicker position, which uh, you know might sound familiar for a certain. NFC North team, but uh, yeah, I think they don't have a solid kicker. And we remember, I mean, think about how different we could be talking about the Browns right now. If they had a kicker at the beginning of last year, 
who made the basic kicks. The, Hugh Jackson would have gotten a couple wins under his belt early in the year. I think they would have won that uh, Steelers game. Yeah, I think the week tie. One. Right, the tie. They would have won that Steelers game. And, you know, you beat uh, the team that's been ruling the division for the past decade. You know, you could be looking at a totally different season and a totally different now. But um, don't underestimate the, the struggle at the kicker position. What is their, what's their over-under? Nine. Nine flat? Yeah. I would go under. I would say eight and eight. Interesting. I think they're uh, I think they're in that seven to nine win category though. I think it's like they're on the up. I just don't know if they're quite there yet. Interesting. Yeah, I like them right around nine, honestly, with a, a potential wild card berth. Yeah, I think I think I'd go ten. Uh just taking a look at their schedule, it, it isn't the most intimidating one out there. Um you know, you get Buffalo at home, Miami at home, even Seattle they get at home. Even you know they they have a nice mix of you know t- tough and easy games at home. So the tough ones they can pull out, and the easy ones they should have in the bag. And you know to point out another game, they have a primetime game against the Steelers Thursday night football week eleven. That's going to be a theme here. The the big game for the AFC North will always be against the Steelers. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm going to go ten wins for them. Okay, so would you have the would you guys both pick them as a wild card? I do think yes. they slide in as a wild card. Yep. All right, I do not have them in. However, I'm still kind of figuring out who I'm going to pick in the AFC as a wild card because I didn't pick anyone in the East, and I'm not picking the Browns, so or the Bengals. So we'll see. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> I think it, I do. Th- I like the South and the West as better feeders for the wild card this year personally yeah you're probably right on that (laughs) (laughs) okay let's talk about let's talk about the Steelers I'll get us started here yeah okay (laughs) (laughs) fitting all right so I touched on this a little bit last episode people are ready to write them off I'm pretty sure I've seen some places where the Browns have higher odds to win the division than the Steelers do They're a trendy pick. The Browns, I get it. We just talked about them. I don't think the Steelers are done yet. Obviously, the big ones to talk about, no more Le'Veon Bell, no more Antonio Brown. But Le'Veon did not play a single game for the team last year, and he was just a distraction. Both James Conner and Jalen Samuels both performed very well, and I think they're going to be using those guys, uh, not quite running back by committee, but... I think Jalen Samuels is going to get a lot of touches as well as Connor. He looked good, and they run block very well. If there's one thing that the Steelers have proven that they are able to do over the last 20 years, it's that they can replace skill position players very well. They did it with Mike Wallace when he left. They did it with Jerome Bettis, Willie Parker, uh, Mendenhall, you name it. So I think they're going to be okay. I think their offense, as long as Ben is healthy... I think this is the division champs. I like them a lot. I can touch on some of the other counterpoints that people are going to have in a second, but let me get CJ in there. What do you think? Yeah, it's hard for me to see the Steelers having that big of a drop-off. And I don't even think they're going to have a drop-off. The thing is, it's now all on Ben and Tomlin, right? It's before you could point to the drama with AB, you could point to the drama with Le'Veon Bell. Now you can't do that. So now it's yeah. 100% them. 
right? If, if the team doesn't do well this year, people are going to look back at this era and go, the problem was always them. And we made the wrong decisions around that. Um, but I don't, I don't think that's true. Uh, I, I don't think that they're a problem. The, the problem that they've had, I think the last two years at least, is just very inconsistent play. They yeah. kind of struggle out of the gate, play 500, a little maybe sub 500, and then turn it on in that mid to end season uh, run. And then they kind of, and then you know they have some bad efforts in there, like last year with the Raiders. It's just a bad effort that you can't lose that game. Yeah. Um, ben got so, knocked out of that game. There was that weird snap. There was some weird stuff right. in that game happening. But right. yeah, you got to win but that even, game. Yeah, even still, it's a it's a bottom team. It's a win that you got to have. Um, and so I, I don't. I think that now they have more of a chip on their shoulder than they have had probably in a long time. Uh, I think that they were able to kind of coast and be that second team to New England for a good while in the AFC, uh, and then just hope that they would be able to turn it on. I think now that there's a sense of urgency behind them and uh, a desire to kind of prove people wrong. And I agree with a lot of what you said, CJ. I like the Steelers a lot this year. Um, A stat I always like to bring up when we talk about Pittsburgh, Jack, is the fact that Mike Tomlin, one, has never had a losing season. And his quarterback, Big Ben, hasn't had a losing season in games he's played since 2006. (laughs) So when Big Ben and Tomlin have been together, I mean, they've been absolutely fantastic. Um, I like a lot of what they did this offseason, too, quietly. Um, I love the Devin Bush draft pick that they made in the first round. He's a linebacker out of Michigan. He's been fantastic so far in camp, and he's looked good in the preseason as well. Um, so I really like that piece. And they have some young guys, too, that I, I like. T.J. Watt is a guy who I followed, of course, J.J. Watt's brother. Um, and he's looked like a high-impact player um, on the defensive side of the ball as well. And along with that, they brought in Dante Moncrief this offseason. And, Jack, you made a, a good point in how they seem to replace skill position players so well. And it just seems like Big Ben can make so much out of nothing in terms of receivers who maybe haven't had success elsewhere, but then yeah. when they're with the Steelers, they do great things. Mike Wallace is a good example of this. He had a couple nice seasons for the Steelers, and then elsewhere he wasn't able to do anything. I think Moncrief quietly could be a nice wide receiver, too, for this team behind Juju. Um, so I really like that offseason signing. Um, and I, overall, I just really like a lot about this roster. I think Vance McDonald has a chance to be quietly a nice little breakout tight end for them. Um, cause he's always split time. They also, they had another tight end, Jesse they, James, Jesse James. That's right. And I don't believe James is there anymore. So I think Vance McDonald could potentially be a nice little piece for them. Um, cause he's, he has big play potential. Um, and then you guys touched on their backfield a little bit. James Conner looked great last year. He really did. Um, and this is an offense, you know, with such a big threat in the past game with Big Ben there, you know, there's going to be holes for the running lanes. And I think James Conner, we saw that a little bit last season. Jalen Samuels has done a nice job, too. So there's a lot to like about the Steelers. I actually like them to win this division. Um, and I think around 11 wins, 11 to, to, to potentially, if all goes well, 12-ish wins for them. I would agree with the 11. I also want to add that we didn't talk about Juju much. He bested AB in a lot of categories last year, so he Mm -hmm. could be a great fantasy 
option this year as a WR1. And now I know the counter argument is going to be that he was matched up against the number two corner. So that that's that's a legit counter argument. But I think I think they're going to be all right. I also have them at 11 wins over their nine. And with Juju, I think he's going to be kind of a not necessarily a boomer bust. But I do think we'll see this season where, you know, there will be a couple of games throughout the year where he does get shut down by an opposing one corner. But when him and Roethlisberger are on point in games, he has the potential to have those 13 catch 150 yard games. Um, so I think the volume will be there for Juju throughout the season. So even against number one corners, I do like him a lot as well, Jack. One other thing I'll add and I'll go over to CJ. It's that last year was such a weird year for the Steelers, as CJ mentioned. Uh, typically, the first half is when they struggle, and then they play their best football in November and December. I remember looking at some stat where their record in November and December over the last over the Tomlin era was just so drastically different, so much better than their September and October record, or at least like maybe it was uh, weeks one through six versus seven through seventeen. They were typically a second half team last year. They had so many weird things happen to them down the stretch, uh, and that could be a product of any number of things. But if you just look at some of those games, how they lost them, I just don't think that there's going to be a repeat of some of those things that happened. If you look at the Saints game with that horrible, horrible uh, pass interference call 40 (laughs) yards down the field, that swung the game huge on the road. Jack, I remember you texted me that day about that call right when it happened. Yeah, and I, I don't have any sympathy for Saints fans because of that. <laughs> they got that call in their house. I can't feel bad for them. They wouldn't have had the one. They wouldn't have had home field in the playoffs if that call was not made. <laughs> but uh, you know, there was that Broncos game where the guy gets blocked into the interception, and there's just weird stuff happened that uh, failed botch snap on the extra point all those penalties against the chargers uh when they were kicking a game-winning field goal now that that is more a product of maybe bad discipline but i just don't see those things happening again down the stretch i think as cj mentioned they're going to be much more on their guards for those kind of games this year and i've got them at 11 wins what do you think cj yeah, I think I'd go 10 wins, and then they'll beat the, the Browns on a tiebreaker. But I think we, we could see them again, not necessarily struggle out of the gate, but not yeah. be tearing it up out of the gate. I mean, you look at you look at their schedule. In their first six weeks, they have three primetime games. You know, you start week one, you have New England. Week four, you have Cincinnati. Week six, you have at Los Angeles. I mean, those that New England and Los Angeles game on the road, prime time, are tough games. And then they have Seattle week two. So you could see them kind of getting off to maybe a three and three start at the beginning of the year. Uh, and then sec- and then they have their bye week, week seven, which looks like it comes at a good time. And then have their typical November, December run. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, you look at the schedule, it's it's prime for that. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm going to go 10 wins and wouldn't be shocked if they get to 11-12. You guys also mentioned, I think their defense has been getting better over the last couple of years with Watt and some of those other guys. Uh, Joe Hayden was a nice pickup last year. And uh, 
training camp when he got cut by the Browns. So they played that game last year against the Patriots where they kept them to 10 points. I think they're that if their defense continues to improve, that could really uh, boost them as well this year. Yeah, here, Jack, I have a quick question for you. You know, we talked about yeah. Juju there a little bit and, and James Conner, but you said that they replaced their uh, you know position players pretty well. Who do you see as potentially being uh, a breakout for them this year as a, as a guy who maybe is the backup running back or a second wide receiver who has a come, kind of comes out of nowhere? It seems like they have someone who does that every year. Who do you think that is this year? Okay. I like Jalen Samuels a lot. I believe he played at NC State. He had a game last year. He started when Connor was out, and he ran for about 115 yards. I think that was that was either the Saints or the Patriots game, and they just ran the ball down their throats both those games. So I like him a lot. Um, in terms of receivers, I like the Moncrief pick. I also like Eli Rogers in the slot if he stays healthy because that guy's got big play potential as well. Okay, good to know. I'll, I'll make a note of it for fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about the Ravens. I look at the Ravens as a high floor, low ceiling team, somewhere between that, like just right off the gate, seven, seven and nine wins. I just their defense is so good that they're going to be in every game they play, or at least it should keep them in almost every game they play. Uh, now the offense has a lot of question marks. If Lamar can take that next step and he ends up being really good look out for this team this team could be really good that could really open up their ceiling but I don't really know I don't know what Lamar is so I look at them as a high floor team what do you think CJ I think they're middling uh you look at them last year and they had that run uh starting week 11 uh, where they went on a string of wins. I think they only lost one game from week 11 to week 17. But I, I look at it, and I'm not that impressed by their wins. The three-point win against the Bengals, a win against yeah. Oakland, a win against the Falcons, a win against Tampa, and a win against Cleveland in the final week. Those don't really seem like that impressive to me. The only one is the Chargers, but even that one kind of seemed like a a one-off. Uh, yeah. I just I don't know if you can have that consistency with Lamar Jackson at, at quarterback. I, I just, I'm not sold on him. I, I know, I think a lot of him coming in and winning that starting job was a result of good timing. Him coming in on week 11 against the Bengals, against the worst <laughs> defensive team in the in the league. And yeah, you're going to have a good game because they don't have any linebackers. And so then you're able to build off of it. But I don't, I don't see them uh, contending for the playoffs this year. I see them being a solid team, 7-9, 8-8. But I, I just think that they're missing a that, – that offensive firepower is missing. Yeah, and when I say high floor, I mean, I just think it's so hard to see this team losing – or winning like three or four games. Like right. I don't think they're ever going to be that bad. But they're going to be competitive, but they're never going to actually be real contenders in my opinion. What do you think, Jordan? Yeah, I would agree with kind of what you guys said. Um, I am not a big fan of this offense at all that they ran or they run, I guess. Um, post week nine, they never threw the ball for more than 204 yards in a game. And in the NFL right now, the way it is, that just seems absolutely ridiculous. Um, CJ, you touched on a great point. They were six and one down the stretch. 
And I think maybe the key to that was Lamar Jackson only turned the ball over or threw three interceptions. So they, the type of play, the, the type of offense that they run, if he doesn't turn the ball over a lot, it could potentially work because it's a run-heavy offense. He runs the ball a ton. And if you're not turning the football over, you're punting most likely when a possession ends. And then you're flipping the field if you're able to get a couple first downs. Um, they're just trying to wear down defenses as games go on. Now, I don't know if you guys remember that playoff game against the Chargers, but that was it was almost hard to watch that offense <laughs> yeah. in yep. that game. They couldn't do anything. I know. I think they made a nice little run in the second half to make it look more competitive than it was. Um, but that was just, it was almost, I almost had to turn it off. I couldn't watch Baltimore's <laughs> offense in that football game. Um, I do want to note they did make a nice little move in the offseason. They brought in Mark Ingram, who I think yeah. has a lot left in the tank. And along with that, I just think he's a great fit for the type of offense that they do right. want to run, yeah. power runner. Um, I think he'll be nice alongside Lamar Jackson. And along with that, Jack, I know that we touched on them losing, who was it, C.J. Mosley, I think, yesterday. Um, defensively, they signed Earl Thomas, so that could potentially be a really, really nice add, add to the backside of that defense. Um, yeah, they paid big money for Earl Thomas. Four-year, $55 million with $32 million guaranteed. So I do have a lot of questions with this team. I don't think the offense they run is one that could potentially, I think low or uh, high, uh, low ceiling is a great way to put it. Um, and I think the more and more tape that you get on this, I think we saw it a little bit with the Chargers potentially. I'm, I'm just not sure how effective that offense can be for a full 16. Um, I like them to be a decent team. I think seven to nine is a great number for them. Um, but I just I can't see this team. I, I, I just like the Browns and Steelers a lot more um, than what, what I'm seeing with Baltimore. Yeah, I would agree. So their over-under is eight. I would go under, I think, maybe seven and nine. I like seven and nine as well. Yep. Yep. All seven right. and nine. It, that they're just tough to get excited about. There's nothing about yeah. them that you that makes you want to turn them on and watch the game. There's just <laughs> they're just a regular team that's going to have to grind out some wins, and they will do it because they have a good coach and have a decent roster for it. But yeah, they're not not built for contending for a Super Bowl. And I will say, you made a great point. I think. If they're going to have a great year, they're very well coached and they have a great defense. So I think those are the two things that could potentially push them if they are able to make a nice run. I think the Ingram ad, as you touched on, is nice because can you guys even name who their primary back was last year? Oh, geez. <laughs> it was, uh, I think it was Buck Allen. Yeah, but... they had a couple injuries too. I think their number yeah. one was injured a year ago. Wasn't it yeah. Lamar Jackson? <laughs> Pretty <laughs> <Yeah>. much, yeah. <laughs> okay so let's go over the nfc guys let's start with the bears because this is probably the team that (laughs) we're going to end up saying the most about really interesting off season they brought in haha clinton Dix, which i think was a great ad their defense should be excellent once again maybe not maybe not put up the same kind of numbers they did last year because they had six defensive touchdowns and they have a much harder schedule this year. Last year, they were playing a fourth-place schedule. This year, they're playing a first-place schedule. Having said that, they also decided to part ways with Jordan Howard, which I don't fully understand. They drafted David Montgomery. They signed Mike Davis, so they got three running backs that they like with those two and Tariq Cohen. 
Uh, we talked a little bit about the Howard trade yesterday, Jordan. Okay, for, yeah. Look, I have a lot to say. <laughs> I have a lot I want to say <laughs> about the Bears. This team, to me, reminds me a lot of the 2000, let's see, it would be 2000, last year heading into the year Jaguars. It was a team that um, was in a clear rebuilding process, um, has a fantastic defense. The Jags had a phenomenal defense that helped them make a run in 2017. Bears did the same in 2018. The similarities between these teams, Jack, are seriously almost scary um, yeah. in terms of the quarterbacks. I don't want to say Mitchell Bortles, but I do think there <laughs> oh, are some, I do think there are some serious um, serious comparisons there that could potentially be accurate. Herbisky, he's a very turnover prone quarterback. He had set, he threw seven TDs, seven picks in his rookie season, and then a year ago had twelve. Uh, yeah, twelve picks. Now, he was really, really effective, guys, early in the year, a year ago. And that's kind of the one game against Tampa. He had six touchdowns and zero picks. So that kind of, you know, uh, inflates the numbers. But after week, or I guess including week 11 and on, he played in five games. He was injured for two. He had five touchdowns, five picks. So in his last five games, he had five TDs, five picks. Um, that, to me, screams, and they, they, have, uh, they had the new head coach in Nagy a year ago. That screams to me, maybe defenses started to figure out what they were doing a little bit. Um, so now it's going to be really interesting, I think, heading into this year after a full offseason. You know, what can, how can Trubisky take the step from year two to year three? Um, like I said, he got off to a great start last year, but really wasn't very good um, down the stretch as the year went on. I think the, the comparisons are very similar in the aspect of two. The Jags had the, the same flip of the fourth place to first place schedule that the Bears will have this year as well. Um, and I think a lot of, in terms of how good the Bears are going to be, is can that defense be as good as it was? Because uh, if they aren't as good, I'm not necessarily sold on this team in, in terms of, I, I, and this is one of the most polarizing teams in terms of where are people projecting them? Because some are saying, well, this team's going to win the division and win 12 games again. And I think others are saying seven and nine. Um, depending on you know how certain things go. I will say I do like the receiving core a lot. I think it's a good receiving core for Trubisky. Love A-Rob as a number one. They have Taylor Gabriel, who's a really solid number two. Anthony Miller's another good guy there. And Trey Burton is a tight end. He dealt with injuries a year ago, but I do like him a lot. Um, but I'm going to be honest, I don't like their backfield a ton. And I think Trubisky would benefit from a good backfield, I guess, Maybe the question mark here is can David Montgomery, the rookie they drafted, end up being a really good rushing piece for them. But I don't like the idea of Cohen as a number one. I like him more as a receiving back on third downs. And Mike Davis, you know, he's kind of floated around teams. He had a decent run with the Seahawks for a bit there, I believe. Um, but I don't love their, their backfield. Um, so there's a lot of questions here with this team for me. I think the first place schedule could potentially be scary. And along with that, I think Minnesota and the Packers will both be better than they were a year ago. So I think this is definitely a, a, an interesting situation for the Bears. I don't like them to win this division, but I do think they'll be right there in terms of a wild card berth. I like them around eight and eight to nine and seven. So I, I wouldn't be in character if I was too high on the Bears. Uh, <laughs> never, never have been high on the Bears. Never wanted to be high on the Bears. Always like kind of bashing them, um, you know. So, I, but at the same time, they're they're not they're a good team still. Um, you know, I, I see the comparison with the the Jaguars, 
Uh, but I, I think Trubisky is just better than Blake Bortles. I think he has more to offer than Blake Bortles. And I think he has a better coach than Blake Bortles uh, had. I think I, I think Nagy and, and Trubisky really work well together. And I think they come up with an offense that uses his athleticism well. Um, but I think the most impressive part for him last year was even though he struggled down the stretch and even in that playoff game, he did lead them on a drive there where they could have won the game if they made the kick. And that was a really impressive drive. I think it was under, they had the ball under two minutes and he had to take them down the field and he did it. And that's, you know, for, for a young quarterback, that's a pretty good, uh, that's a good passing of the test. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think that their defense will put up the same numbers just because you it's really hard to repeat that kind of production um their offense will be slightly better i think but and they they still haven't figured out their kicking situation which is another (laughs) (laughs) so they have still some of the problems of drop off on defense maybe a slight uptick on offense i see them around nine and seven maybe pushing it to the end of the year trying to get a wild card berth and maybe just ending up short guys can we talk about kyle long for a second it's is it just me or do the bears like bears fans just love this guy yep and it seems like regardless of whatever hot-headed antic he does they're like oh yeah that's just our guy he's crazy he's funny this guy just got suspended he didn't play in the preseason game or at least he wasn't there they didn't have him come at a workout (laughs) he took this D lineman, he was a rookie. I don't know who it was. He took the guy's helmet off and started swinging it at his head. <laughs> he was trying to get oh, him with his helmet. At what point are we going to have, like, I mean, oh, I heard some Bears fans, are like, oh, yeah, that just that crazy guy along. He's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I actually I yeah, hadn't well, even heard that story until you just mentioned it. Yeah, I had It wasn't a bigger deal. Yeah, don't worry. As a Bengals fan, I'm a little too used to it with the yeah. whole Vontez Burfitt, Pac-Man Jones thing, having to defend ridiculous behavior on and off the field. <laughs> He's not at that level, thank God, but geez. Yeah, it's just like they're always, I mean, it always seems like they talk about Kyle Long being like their rah-rah guy, and he's doing that, and it's just nuts. I've never heard of that before. Yeah, I mean, if you flirt with a line there, right? Like, Vontez Perfect had his guy, had the defense behind him. They loved him. They were all for him. Um, but then he pushed it too far too too many <laughs> times and, and you know, tried to take off Antonio Brown's head and said that he was faking his concussion. And and then uh, we could go on and on. But, yes. you know, it, you, you flirt with a line there where you're the rah-rah guy, the team's behind you. And they feed off your kind of craziness, uh, and then and maybe overstepping it. Yeah, yeah. So I got the Bears. Oh man! So they're at nine. Is their over under? Oh god! Great number, by the way. Yeah, Great that number. is. I could honestly push if I had one push I could use. I would use it there. So not too high yeah. on them, but not too low either. Yeah, I think they're I think they're gonna win eight games with that defense, kind of the way Baltimore does. Uh, I don't really know what to expect from Trubisky. He is really the secret ingredient here because if he can take that next step, this team should win the division. They have the talent, absolutely. But if he's just if he's fine, 
if he's okay, they can still win nine, 10 games with that great defense. If he's not fine, then you got a problem there. Well, they're, they're a prime team that seems like they can get off to a pretty hot start. Um, and then maybe down the stretch falter a little bit. I mean, you look at their last four games, you got, uh, Thursday night football again at home against Dallas. And then you're, you go to at green Bay and then, primetime game against Kansas City and you end the season at Minnesota. That's going to be a real test and a real tough four games to end the year on. Yeah. Uh especially if they're in the heat of a playoff race and all those other teams could be in a play in their own playoff races too. So, you know, that's that's a t- tough four games to end the season on and you can just kind of see them possibly falling just short. And, you, yeah. and that's a situation, too, with those last four games. You don't want to be in the spot where you have to win maybe three out of four of those games, too. So that's a great point, CJ. I think early in the season is very, very important uh, for the Bears to put themselves in a good spot for down the stretch. Before we move on to the next one, CJ, what do you think about the whole Jordan Howard trade? Um, I don't know. I, I'm lukewarm on it. I know you, you both are, are real cold on it. Uh, I, I'd say I think, cool. I wouldn't say ice cold. I'd say cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Nagy kind of has a an idea of where he wants the offense to go, and maybe didn't see a role for him anymore, and so they they kind of you know decided to do that. So, and, and he's given me no reason to doubt him thus far. He he turned that offense into a pretty productive offense, especially when you consider where they were uh, before he got there. So I, I think that's just one where I, I defer to him, and I and I think it's fair to say uh you know we'll trust you on this one you earned it <laughs> yeah that's that's fair take um it does feel a little bit like he wanted to bring in his own guy i think he deserves a lot of credit for the offense's success because there were some struggles with ryan pace some of the guys he drafted kevin white in the past but uh i think Negi is kind of the, the brains behind that offensive operation in terms of going out and getting a Rob or uh, Taylor Gabriel, you name it. So we'll see. Okay, let's do. Uh, just to clarify, do either of you guys have them as a wild card? I do not. Uh, I think they'll no. be right. I think they'll be right around the wild card. Yeah, close but no cigar. They'll fall short, and I'll enjoy every moment of it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh I'm gonna my have, goodness. But I'm going to have to deal with them, you know, starting off the season strong and being, you know, having to see so many tweets about how good they are. So I'm yeah. just going to hold out hope and and wait for those those last four weeks. A little yeah, Christmas Chicago, Chicago radio <laughs> is going to be tough for the first couple months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So neither of us have them winning the division. I'm going to, each of you, I want just a one-word answer here. Vikings or Packers? Vikings. Out of work. <laughs> We're all on the same page with the division champs. Let's talk about the Vikings. CJ, why you got the Vikings? Because I love Mike Zimmer and the Bengals should never let him get away. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that that's why I love them. But, but I mean, yeah, they, they were a really good team two years ago. They, they have a quarterback who's better than what they had, you know, Kirk Cousins might be, well, it depends on who you talk to. He's either really yeah. overrated or he's really underrated. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, I, I just think that they had offensive line problems last year. And I think that 
you know, I think I, I'm not too in, in touch with what they did in the offseason, but from what I remember, I think they took steps to fix that. And, and I think just teams that are solid, that don't have huge holes or, you know, or have multiple holes on the roster are always the ones that you look at for the bounce back year. And yeah. the Vikings don't, they didn't have that. They still have a solid defense with Mike Zimmer uh, as the head coach and, and Kirk Cousins will, the, that offense will be productive. You have two really, really good receivers and a really good running back. So I see them having a, a really good bounce back year. I actually, I heard you wrong, Jack. I was cool with talking with them next, but I do not have them winning the division. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. My fault. Um, <laughs> I think I think that they're in as, in terms of where their record will be, I think they're in a similar spot to where the Bears will be. I like them right around eight to nine wins. Um, I agree with you guys. I think there's a lot to like about this team. Um, I'm huge on Dalvin Cook this year. Uh, he struggled a little bit to stay healthy to open up his career, but I think he kind of breaks into the scene as one of the big-time breakout running backs this year. Um, and really, if you look at their depth chart, you guys touched on it, they don't really have that many holes. It's one of the nicer depth charts to look for from top to look at from top to bottom. Um, I'm just not completely sold. One on Cousins winning the big game. I don't have the stat with me, but I know when it matters most, Kirk Cousins is not necessarily the guy who is produced at the highest level. Um, now, given I do think he has one of the best receiving cores to throw to in terms of Diggs, Thielen, and then Rudolph. Um, but I, I just don't know if I trust Kirk Cousins enough. Um, I think he's, you know, kind of a middle of the road quarterback. I don't think he's elite or even great, but I do think he's solid. Um, and with this roster, I wouldn't be surprised if they made a run as long as he performs like, uh, like a just a good. You know, breaking back into the scene. What were they a year ago? They were eight and seven and one a year ago. I think nine and seven fits this team. I think maybe a game better than they were a year. So I want to talk about Kirk. Of course, you you always want to talk about. Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, Kirk... that whole that whole talk sounded so familiar. But go ahead, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> the the Kirk thing. Okay. First of all, I don't like ranking quarterbacks all that much, having these obsessive preseason rankings, because what ends up happening is you got two, three, four truly elite game-changing quarterbacks, and then you've got guys from like 5 to 16 or 17 that I think are all really close together. I think he fits somewhere in that mix. He's not elite. I think he's really good, though. I think all those guys are really good. And yes, heard the whole thing. He has not won the big game. I side with CJ on the offensive line here. I think that, and I've been reading stuff from their camp that their offensive line sounds like it is a lot better, which last year it was maybe the league worst, maybe second worst. They were, they were very, very bad last year, their offensive line. And that's not a good recipe when you're playing the bears with the the front seven that the bears have. So if they're able to protect him better in a game against the Bears, that can make a huge difference. The other argument I want to make in favor of Kirk Cousins is the fact that he has destroyed the Packers every time he's played them. I think he's thrown for 400 yards every time, uh, including back to with the Redskins, at least over the last two, three years. And when they signed him, and especially I know you're looking at the Packers potentially as the favorites to win the division, or at least your personal favorite, 
that is important. They want a quarterback who can go toe-to-toe with Rodgers and put up those kind of yards and move the ball quickly against them. I'm not saying that I think Kirk is going to win the MVP or anything of that nature, but I, I think this team is going to win the division. I think they're primed for a bounce back. Yeah, I think, I think that's completely fair. Uh, my one argument on Kirk is he's always been a quarterback who you know can eat alive certain defenses. Um, I think in the three years that he's, or I guess four years now after last year that he started, he's always been in the seven to nine win range. Um, so he's, a, again, he's a middle-of-the-road quarterback. And it's just going to be, can he take that next step? Um, and he touched on the him beating up on the Packers. I do think it's fair to note, too, that has not been a very good Packers defense. Uh, no, <laughs> specifically last season, and they made a couple adjustments this offseason that we're going to talk about uh, that I that yeah. I think could be very crucial. Um, for the but I think year. it's important to have a guy who can go toe to toe with Rodgers, and they beat him one time. The other game, they had that weird tie game. What do you think, CJ? Yeah, I mean, it's just I'm having big time flashbacks to every Andy Dalton discussion I've ever <laughs> had to listen to. Um, but I think Kirk Cousins is better than Andy Dalton. Um, and Andy Dalton, again, when he has a good offensive line and had good receivers around him, he was on one of the top guys in terms of production in the in the NFL. And I think that kind of, that'll go with Kirk Cousins too. You know, you, you just you don't want him to be carrying you the, the whole way. He's not going to make something out of nothing. He's not going to be able to you know take your offense to new, new heights that no other quarterback can do. But if you you put around Diggs, Steele, and Cook. Rudolph around, you know, that's make his job as easy as possible. Um, I, I tend not to give too much uh, weight to the he hasn't won the big game yet when when the surrounding factors make it just that much easier for him than it has been in the past. Yeah. Okay, so CJ and I, I'm guessing are going over on the Vikings, yes. which is, let's see. Minnesota Vikings nine. I think they're a little, an eleven win team. I would say, or yep. maybe ten actually. I'm going eleven. It's crazy, crazy how on point Vegas is. <laughs> I think nine is a fantastic number. I think that's that's right where I would have them. You know, I think this division could be comparable to the baseball division here in the Midwest, the NL Central, where you could have top to bottom no really bad teams. Everyone is good good enough solid but no one's great and so I, it wouldn't surprise me if 10 and 6 won you the division in the nfc war north yeah so so vegas has so vegas has the bears and the vikings both at nine yeah okay so yeah. there you go <laughs> and they've got the it'll be interesting to see what they have for detroit yeah. and green bay yeah well let's do the lions first because i feel like if we uh do the packers there might be a lot of people who leave after that. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> All right, Jordan, what can you tell me about this Lions roster heading into the season? Um, look, I think, one, I think they get joked about yeah. a lot. Um, but I don't think they're nearly as bad of a team or anything as people make yeah. them out to be. Um Look, they were 6-10 and 10 last year, but their differential was only minus 36. So really, they weren't that bad of a football team a year ago. And it was a first-year head coach as well. Um, Matt Stafford, to me, is a lot like, you know, you, you mentioned it in the last segment, kind of. You know, there's those top couple, and then 
the rest could the next 10 to 15 could go anyway. Stafford is in that, that group, no doubt about it for me. Um, I actually like him probably more than most do. I think he's a pretty dang good yeah, quarterback. Um, and he's been kind of in the, the part where he really hasn't had great weapons for himself um, in a while. Um, I, I think this year is going to be really interesting for them because I think it's a very tough division. That's six games against three potential very good teams. Um, and if you're Detroit and you're going to try and win eight games or whatever, which could potentially be their peak this year, or maybe nine and seven, I'm not going to have them that high, but, um, they're going to need to win at least three to four of those games. And I just don't see that happening. Um, but I'm not as low on them either. I think they're going to be a decent team. They're going to be a team that people look at on the schedule and maybe mark as a win, but it's going to be a tougher game than you think it is. Uh, I like a lot of what they have. I love the draft pick in TJ Hawkinson, the tight end out of, I believe, Iowa. Um, he's shown some great signs in the preseason. I think he's going to be a great piece for them for years to come. He's a really dynamic tight end. And I think, you know, three years down the road, we could be looking at him as one of the best in the league. Um, and across the board, he has some solid weapons, Stafford does. on Johnson is a potential breakout type back. Um, and they backed him up with C.J. Anderson. We know C.J. Anderson had a nice little run in the playoffs a year ago. Um, and this team, again, there's not any really, wow, this is a crazy defense or anything. But I think it'll definitely be a decent defense, too. They have playmakers, guys like Darius Slay, um, who's been one of the better corners in the league throughout the past couple seasons. So I don't hate this team, but I don't really love them either. I think, you know, where they were a year ago, six and 10 could potentially be where they finish. And if they're able to win some of those tough division games, you know, potentially could get to seven and nine. I actually think they could be, as you mentioned, I don't think they're, I think they're a high floor team. I, I don't think they're ever going to stink it up and be two and 14 or anything, especially with Matt Stafford as your quarterback. Also, I don't think you touched on this, but allegedly Matt Stafford was playing with a broken back for a stretch of games last year, and it was Sounds his worst. Yeah, <laughs> it was the it was. I I'd have to look at the statistics. Yep, but I believe was. it was yeah, it was his worst year statistically. Since his year, yeah. yeah, and he's been on. Some people believe a Hall of Fame trajectory because it's just like four thousand yards every single year. Um, and look at what he did without Calvin Johnson those two years. One year, they made the playoffs. So he's a really good quarterback. I think he's a little underrated. They finally got him a running game last year with on Johnson. And they're such a weird team because they play these games like with the Patriots last year. where the, Sunday night football, they just beat the Patriots. And they dominated them, too. And no one saw that coming. Now... I don't think I'm not expecting them as a contender in this division. I had higher hopes for them last year. They disappointed me. I'm not doubling down on them like I am with the Vikings, but I don't think this is a horrible team. Yeah. I mean, the hope is that carry on Johnson steps up and becomes a really consistent top end running back, but also they have to give him the opportunity to do so. I felt like last year, uh, they really just, relied on Stafford all the time. They were just throwing the ball constantly. And I, and again, I think he's a good quarterback. He's got a good arm. He's proven he's one of the better ones, but I don't think he's at that level. And another thing is looking at their schedule from last year, I'm kind of surprised at how, how many games like weren't, were two score games, how many of their losses were two score games. And then even their wins, they didn't really have that many 
tight game. So when, when yeah. you look at teams that you think are going to turn it around in the next year, uh, generally you look at the previous year to see if they were in close games and just kind of not getting over that hump and not finding a way to win. But that's not really them. They either played really well or played really bad. Um, so I, I think it's hard to see that much of a turnaround for them, especially in a division that I don't think they're uh, that they're better than the Bears, Vikings. I think I don't think they're better than the Packers, but I think they're closer. Yeah, um, they were they were very even last year. They both had six wins, I believe. Or... Yeah, right. So I mean, like it just depends on how much do they rely on carry on Johnson? Can he step up and be the top end guy and just, and, and consistency, but I, I don't see it for them. I don't see their roster in the top half of the NFC. Keep in mind before last year, they had gone about four years without a 100 yard rusher. Right. And see, that's why I'm saying they got to give him the opportunity to, because yeah. like, part of that is yes, they didn't have the greatest running backs, but that's yeah. a really long stretch to just say you have a bad running back. I mean, you look at some yeah. guys who got over 100 yards in the past five years. There are some names in there that aren't very good, and they found a way. So for them, that's a the cause of that is much more than just not having a good running back. That's them not committing to it. And along with that, too, I, I think a lot of it has been they always are splitting carries between two guys. It, yeah. We see this a lot more in the NFL now, but ma- the majority of teams in the NFL will at least give one guy the majority of the carries. It seems like year in, year out with this team, it's always a running back by committee. And, you know, it, it's really hard for guys to get in rhythms when every other series they're on the sidelines. Last year, they had a lot of injuries on their defense and their offensive line was not very good. So just a couple other things to make note of. Their over-under is actually seven. So I'm guessing both you guys would go under on that. Yep. I I think so. Quick note, Jack. They play the Cardinals, Giants, Raiders, and Redskins all out of division. Those are four, at least projected, probably lower, lower tier teams. So that may have something to do with that seven uh, projection. Okay. Yeah, they're playing a last-place schedule. Last year, they had a tougher schedule. I don't know. I'd probably, I'd probably say they're right around that six to seven wins, but I would not be surprised if they were a few games better next year and got to, like, nine. I like them at seven. I think that's a great number. Yeah, Six. I see them at six. I mean, even though you have those easier games or perceived easier games on the schedule, yeah, you have to win them. And in those games, I don't see them as head and shoulders above those teams i see them as better than them but a bad performance and i don't think that they're the type of team that's like we can play poorly and still overcome it and find a way to win i think they're a team that if they're not playing well it's game over all right jordan try to sell us on the packers here i'll do my best okay one i think this is the most intriguing thing about them is that you look at the quarterbacks in this division it's clear they have the best quarterback in the division Um, and they were kind of in a standstill with the whole Mike McCarthy thing. And I think getting a new fresh coach in there, who's Matt LaFleur, who I do need to note was the offensive coordinator for the Tennessee Titans. And that was not an impressive offense, but (laughs) I do think it's a lot easier to look good when you have Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback versus a Marcus Mariota type. Sorry, Connor. 
Uh, <laughs> but regardless, you bring in a fresh set of eyes. I think that can really be helpful for a team that seemed like they were kind of stuck in the mud um, in terms of the Packers were where they were at with McCarthy. Two, I think they finally figured out that Aaron Jones is a serious playmaker in the backfield, and I think he's going to finally get the majority of the carries. He's been a guy who has kind of been, for the uh, at least last season, they were splitting carries all the time, and then you know he wasn't. He, it was a lot like a kind of a lion situation with carry on where, you know, he showed like he could be a potential big breakout back, but he was either wasn't getting the carries. He was a little banged out regardless. Another thing, I think Devonte Adams is as good. He's the best receiver in this division. I know some may like Diggs or Thielen. I think Devonte Adams is a top five ish receiver in the game right now. And sure. Rogers can make him look that way, but even Rogers has made quotes about it. That it just seems like Adams is always open. Devonte Adams is an absolute freak. Um, and I love him as a, as, a, as a number one target. I'm also interest, interested in LaFleur's set of offense here for Rodgers. He's known to be more of a quicker-paced guy in terms of the offense they run. Um, and it might be a little bit more creative than it has been in the past. So I think that can play a big role. Along with that, the Packers, they'll be playing a third-place schedule. And I think maybe the biggest thing here, guys, their defense is going to be a lot better than it what has been in years past. Um, they brought in a couple of edge guys. One, Preston Smith signed him to a big deal, and two, Zadarius Smith. Two guys that they're they're paying big money for key edge positions. Um, and along with that, brought in Adrian Amos to kind of fill the void of haha Clinton Dix. So those are some key pieces that they brought. They finally spent some money on the defensive side of the ball. I expect them to be a lot better there. And along with that, I expect Aaron Rodgers to play like one of the best quarterbacks in football. So pull that all together, and I like this team to win the division with 11 wins. Jack, you sold? No. No, I'm me not neither. Sold. No, me neither. Uh, <laughs> Devontae Adams is not the best receiver in the division. Uh, I would take Thielen or Diggs in a second over Devontae Adams. I think that Devontae Adams is very good. I don't think he's at their level. Uh, I And I think that I think if you put Diggs or Thielen on the Packers with Rodgers, I think you would see incredible numbers. Um, so... That being said, I mean, I just don't, I, I, I don't see enough to like really say, oh, they're w- way better this year than they are last year. They're better than they are last year, or better than they were last year. But I, I see them as an eight and eight team, nine and seven, eight and eight. I, they're just, I don't really know what to get too excited about. Aaron Rodgers coming back, but, or you know, Aaron Rodgers being back at full strength or whatever. You know, I've been hearing it. Uh, I don't know. I'm just not sold. I know their defense is better. I still don't think it's great. I don't. I think their offense is good, not great. And Aaron Rodgers, I know there's a lot of talk about him bucking head coaches. So I think a lot of it will be whether he buys into LaFleur's system or he's a guy that, you know, when it comes down to it and it's the fourth quarter of a seven-point game, says, I'm going to do this my way uh, despite what the head coach says. I, I think that's a real question. The thing with the Packers, you mentioned Rodgers. You do wonder a little bit is how coachable coachable is he? That That is a legitimate question. We will find that out perhaps this season. Here's the thing with the Packers. Going back to 2015, I'm looking at their last four seasons. Every time that they – now they have had a couple of – they've won a couple of playoff games, 2015, 2016 – both those seasons, though, it's like they went into the season. I 
it seemed like this is the first year and maybe three or four years where we hear from people like if I had one safe pick to win the NFC, it would be the Packers and not, not just the NFC North, the NFC, the Packers. And it would just seem like it was a miracle at midway through the season or getting down to the wire. It seemed like a miracle that they'd even be playing in the divisional round. Um, and that happened. They won 10 and six, two years in a row. And it was hard for them just to get there. Just barely got in both times. One of those years did not win the division. In the last two years, they finished with losing records. So you just start to wonder, are they able to do this? I mean, is the, is the window over? Are they start getting ready for the next era with a new coach, the next era of Rogers's career? I mean, like maybe, maybe they're going back up as Jordan sees it, or maybe they're just, Maybe they're on the down and maybe they're stuck in six, seven wins with this Rogers contract that it takes up so much money that they're limited financially in a lot of capacities. So I just don't, I'm not buying them this year. I need to see more in order for me to buy them. I think they built up a lot of trust over that. I don't know, 2011 to 2014 or 2009. They had a nice five or six years where they were a pretty safe bet to make the playoffs, but they've lost my trust. I think this is one of the first years in a long time that Bears fans feel like they have the upper hand on the Packers. Even last year, you had week one, kind of the miracle comeback from Aaron Rodgers. But even after that game, you were like, I think the Bears are just better than this team. And then the Bears, you know, have a great year, run the division. And, and, you know, having that kind of confidence boost to beat your division rival with a new head coach and kind of signaling that, you know, your era is over. Now it's the Bears era of the NFC North. I think that'll play a factor. And I think that the Bears aren't nearly as intimidated uh, by the Packers as, say, like AFC North teams have been of the Steelers. Yeah, that's a good comparison. And with that, I do want to note, it's a lot easier to be the team that potentially is listed as that underdog, where a lot of people are seeing the Bears as a favorite now, um, which could play a role in this upcoming season. Yeah, that's a good point. So their over-under is nine. I'm going under. I think they're around seven or eight wins. I like them over that. I have them at 11. Eight. Yeah, I'm right about seven or eight. I, Yeah. Definitely one of those two. Okay, so Jordan, you have them winning the division. Did you end up, you didn't pick anyone from this division as a wild card? Jack, I, I didn't necessarily pick my wild card teams yet. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so I don't, I don't have that information for you, for you. All right, we'll come back to that in the last yeah, edition work. of this. Okay, what about you, CJ? Any wild cards you see in this division? Uh, I mean, I could see the Bears. Um, yeah. I don't know if I'm sold on it yet. Again, I, I'm kind of in the same boat where I have to make uh, see what the teams are that I think are going to win the division, which ones I think are going to go to the wild card. But um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, I think the Bears are the only team that I see as potentially making that wild card, and I, and I really like the Vikings. CJ, thank you so much for joining us. Before we get you out of here, do you want to give us your Super Bowl pick? Uh, no, (laughs) (laughs) I have not. I've not thought about that uh, too in-depthly. I'm just just been following the Bengals news really closely and getting more and more disheartened with uh, with each new development. So uh, hopefully 
uh, Who Day 2020. <laughs> so you're not too excited about this football season? No, it's hard to get excited for this football season when you know Andy Dalton's going to be on the run the whole time. And then there's going to be the whole, do we re-sign him? Do we not re-sign him? The offensive line is awful, but is it maybe not his fault? I, I already know how this storyline is going to go, and I'm already frustrated by it. Uh, so, no, this, this season is not the one I'm, I've been looking for. I have not looked forward to this season. Are there now. any college teams that you're excited about watching this year? Northwestern? Any college yeah. teams? Oh man, that's a whole nother ball game. <laughs> uh, no, I usually wait like two weeks to see. I, I always like rooting against Notre Dame. That's always fun because <laughs> they're always, you know, they have they're on NBC all the time and they're easy to root against. So yeah, yeah you know, but maybe hey, go Illini, right? Love is gonna turn <laughs> them around this year. Yeah, that'd be that'd be a nice <laughs> story. <laughs> yeah, it would be. <laughs> Don't bet on it. Well, CJ, lastly, is there anything you would like to promote while you're here? Social media handle, anything of that nature? No, not not really. I don't, I don't have anything to promote. I'm a straight up, straight up guy, which sees what you get. I'm not here to pitch anything. I'm uh, here to talk sports. Well, you did a great job. <laughs> We're going to have to have you come back on sometime, maybe talk some baseball, some football, or maybe backyard football. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> My my other expertise. Never mind. There's three now. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Jack. Yeah. Thank you, CJ. Well, Jordan, I thought CJ did a great job today. Lots of lots of great insights there, especially on the AFC North and the Bengals of all teams. Uh, the good old Bengals. That's the first time I think I've ever had a conversation regarding football with a Bengals fan. <laughs> but it was extremely fun. Yeah, CJ did a great job. And I think it was really insightful to kind of have a fan of a team like the Bengals, much like Chase yesterday with the Bills. Yeah. You kind of get a different look into teams that you don't necessarily um, focus on when you have these types of discussions. So, again, another great guest. Good guest selection by you, Jack, and another Thank great you. show. Hopefully we didn't offend too many Bears fans with this one. That's always the worry, isn't it? <laughs> when me and you get going on the good old Chicago Bears. Do you think there are any other fan bases that we may have offended? Maybe the Packers a little bit. They can be a little touchy. Potentially them. Um, I'm not sure how many Lions fans tune in, but they potentially <laughs> could be a little bit offended too. But um, regardless, go ahead. The, the Cleveland fans heard what I said about them, and I don't think they're mad at me. I think they... They, as optimistic as they are, they may be a little tentative because it's, it's been such yeah. a long drought for them. Oh, I think that in terms of Browns fans, they're just excited for the chance to potentially be good. <laughs> That's what excites them. So any time they're at least being talked about, I think Browns fans will be happy. All right, Jordan. Uh, AFC South and NFC South coming up. We'll probably do that one sometime later this week, maybe early next week. And Jack, you know I'm looking specifically towards the AFC South. Really looking forward to talk about that. Yeah. Guest TBD, by the way. It will remain a mystery. We have not locked in a guest, so uh, you'll find out who that is once we find out who that is. (laughs) (laughs) Jordan, why don't you throw out uh, your social media so people can uh, hit you up on there? Perfect. Yeah, I'll be pretty active throughout the NFL season, most likely. It's at Real J Morandini. Again, at Real J Morandini on Twitter. That's where you can find me. And Thanks, my, mine is 
at the Jack Vita. While you're at it, subscribe to the Jack Vita show on iTunes. It looked like we got a nice little boost uh, of subscribers over the last few days. Lots of great feedback on the last show. So thank you very much for that. If you like what you're hearing, leave us a five-star review on iTunes. That does us a lot of good in getting this podcast out to more people. Share it with your friends. Am I missing anything here, Jordan? Just shout out to our guests. I think they're the ones reeling in the new set of viewers. So shout out to them. Fantastic. All right. Well, we will see you guys next time for the AFC South and the NFC South. Any parting words here, Jordan? Uh, No, not today, Jack. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, hope you enjoyed our podcast today. You should hear from us soon. Have a great week. Bring in the dancing lobsters.